everyone and welcome to People Make the Difference, the Lorian podcast. We bring together the best guests from HR, TA, technology and people related functions to talk about all aspects of talent acquisition, talent management, industry insights and much more. With the aim to give our listeners an insight into what the best organisations do in this space to acquire and look after the people that make a difference within their business. A different episode this week for those of you who are used to hearing from Darren, I'm Malika and in our International Women's Day special I'll be talking to some of the women of Impellum all about their careers, inspiration and guidance. Hopefully I can feel Darren's boots. Um, but I think um, let's start with um, an introduction from all the women we have on the panel today. So um, Nee, do you just want to start and let us give us a quick introduction, quick career overview, what you're currently doing, any highlights and why you love what you do? Yeah, so my name is Naona Vanneberg, um, but everyone calls me Nai. I work as Talent Traction Manager for one of our key accounts at Carbon60. I've been in recruitment marketing for about five or six years now. I actually started my career in publishing, working for magazines. So it's been a journey um, to get here and kind of working in the recruitment world. But I love it because it's all about people and understanding what motivates them and connecting. Um, why I love what I do, I guess that. And also um, I think working with recruiters is always really interesting. Get to work with lots of different specialists that know their market and dip into different areas. Nice. Um, so you said you um, used to work in a magazine. Um, that, that must have been interesting. What did you do there? Um, so I was an entertainment editor straight out of uni. So I kind of blogged and um, interned my way into that. And oh, yeah, wow. It's what I always use for my fun fact. I'll tell people about people that I've met and stuff like that. It makes me sound a lot more interesting than I am. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sounds good. Um, okay, Faye, how about you? Hi, um, yeah, so I'm Faye Allison. Um, I work in SRG, a sister company to Lorien, um, a STEM sort of scientific and engineering recruiter. Um, I've been there nearly eight years and most of my career has been there really. Um, bar a, a short run as an environmental toxicologist, which I won't bore you with. Um, mm. So I started as a consultant in, in SRG and uh, yeah, eight years down the line, I'm a head of sector for our chemicals division um, with a team of nine. Um, and I guess I've got a few career highlights because there's, there's been a fair few because I've had different roles. So, you know, I had a year where I was of the highest permanent biller in the business and um, I was the only woman in the top five of the league table that was pretty cool but I think more recently as my role has changed my highlight has been taking on a team of people and, and upskilling them and seeing them grow as a result of well hopefully as a result of a lot of what I'm, I'm putting into them as well and um, seeing them start to love what they do as well um, if they didn't already and that's very much part of why I really enjoy what I do but I think one of the key things is is the people I work with and around it's always been about the people my colleagues my boss um they're just a brilliant bunch and, and I really enjoy it um and what I found quite early on despite never really understanding what recruitment was at the ripe age of 23 was um I turned out to be pretty good at recruitment so it's nice to do something you're good at that's yeah. why I really enjoy it um to find that you're you naturally excel at something makes it quite satisfying. So it's um, it's been a combination of those things, I would say, people and just generally feeling like, oh God, I'm I'm good at something. Yeah, it's as it's, as the pos podcast says, people make the difference. Yeah, absolutely. 
Wow, okay, thanks, Faye. Um, Amy, how about you? Hello, I'm Amy Hadland. I currently am Senior Consultant in Carbon 60, which is another one of the STEM brands for Impelum. Um, I started here just over a year ago, actually, so not too far, um, not too long, sorry. Uh, I started off my career originally in property as an estate agent um, and then kind of fell into recruitment like most people do. Um, again, just finding something that I enjoy doing and that I was good at. Um, I also have an art business outside of work, which is cool. <laughs> um, so I do kind of modern art and graffiti mural street art as well. Um, and I'm also a STEM ambassador. Um, so going out to schools and inspiring young kids um, well, and teachers, I guess, um, into STEM learning and STEM careers. Um, so it's all, I'll just enjoy kind of interacting with people and, uh, you know, having work that's fulfilling, I guess. Yeah, I love that um, so far. Everyone's had this sort of quirky um thing they do on the side like art and the magazines and whatnot it's really interesting yeah love it love a bit of graffiti yeah <laughs> very unique how about you Tash I have nothing interesting to offer on the side <laughs> to start that <laughs> off with um so I'm I'm Tash Allen I'm part of the LSM function within Lorien. So my current role is delivery lead. I, I've sort of started recruitment after coming out of my zoology degree. So post pandemic, didn't really know what to do with myself and Googled what will make me the most money. And I ended up in recruitment. And a year later, I joined Lorien. So I've been in here since April of last year. And it's been amazing, worked with some amazing people, including all of you girls. But I think the highlight has been helping on the academy function, helping train the new recruits who want to learn what recruitment is and how to make it different and how to excel at it, really. Yeah, I guess it can be quite rewarding as well when you're teaching these newbie recruits as well. I, I think it's more of the case of seeing how you used to be in recruitment and hearing all of them horror stories and knowing that you're helping not create any more horror stories by getting the best training opportunities out there for people yeah oh yeah I've, I've obviously worked with you as well so seeing some of the guys come out of your um, academy it's been really really refreshing it's also quite a worry in being the trusted person who <laughs> when when the director who does it is not available get asked the questions because sometimes if you answer it wrong obviously you don't want to make them have that bad habit or or do something and they end up feeling like they've done something wrong when it's your fault essentially so yeah, yeah head on the chopping block kind of vibe sometimes yeah. but it's great I guess it's great to have that responsibility as well though on a, on another level for you oh, yeah it's amazing I think considering my previous recruitment experience before Laurie where the training was very different it's it's quite nice to give that insightful knowledge of this is how other companies do it and this is what not only Lorium but Impelum are offering you not a lot of companies invest this much time into their training or this much thought into how you are learning what recruitment is and how you do recruitment yeah yeah makes sense 
Um, Holly, last but not least. Thank you. Um, so I'm Holly Smith and I'm the sourcing partner for two of Lorian's corporate accounts. Um, so I think like everyone really, um, I kind of fell into recruitment um, from being a bar manager. <laughs> um, somehow got the call from Nigel and I'm here eight years later. Um, career highlight would probably be winning resource of the year um, and then going on the elite trip um, with everyone else. Um, reason why I love what I do um, it's just the people I think um, but the people at Lauren show so much support um, and also encourage you to kind of do your best and I also like the challenge of recruitment with no day being the same um, you don't know what you're going to walk into um, on a day-to-day -day, really. Yeah definitely I think we can all vouch for that one. <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh yeah definitely. <laughs> um, I noticed there Faye and Holly you, you both said that um, you won awards with your companies and you were recognised. I guess the point of this podcast is obviously International Women's Day and from like a women's perspective that must have felt really good for you both. When in your careers did you win those awards? How early on and what what made you win them? Um, mine was quite early on. Um, it was the resource of the year one um, but it was quite um, heavily set on women winning that year um so that was quite nice to have yeah so mine was about three years in I think I won my first award yeah 2015 I started so yeah 2018 um and it was um well to do with a number of things the criteria was around yeah the the billings and you know top biller in the company for on, on permanent but also for um some of my uh, work with it like, on an exclusive basis with clients and building up um, new accounts. Uh, so it was a kind of combination of things. And I, like I said, what was really cool and what I, I took a lot of pride in was that it, of the, the top billers in our business, like the other four were men. So yeah. I was, I, I was, um, yeah, I would say it's probably one of the proudest moments of my, my career to be able to sort of stand up there and, and be one of those people um Definitely. and sort of yeah and, and then after that the, the I'm not saying it was to do with me but there seemed to then start be a lot more women moving up those league tables yeah. um which was really cool to see and and it was amazing to like champion them as well and um and, and congratulate them and so I was like look at you like yeah. that was that was brilliant um because it's I know this sounds really trite but it was like a win for all of us yeah when a woman got to get on the stage um because yeah there's a but there was a bit of a boys club going on so <laughs> it was nice to sort of break the glass in a little bit in that respect um definitely um no I can see you've you've yes. how about you um I won an award at the most recent conference um won the elite DNA awards oh, for, wow. um, yeah which is great I've been here since last January so I wasn't expecting oh, it it was yeah I was really um thrilled to win and I think similar to what Faye was saying as someone who works kind of in marketing kind of in a support function um, my experience in a lot of recruitment agencies is that you do you know those departments do tend to feel a little bit overlooked so I know that that definitely mm -hmm. felt like a a win for our team and also you know we do see quite a lot of women in support functions in recruitment um I think yeah. 
our businesses have quite good um, gender balance, but certainly a lot of recruitment agencies I've worked in, that's where all of the women have been um, as compared to kind of the sales role. So yeah, working in a business that recognises different ways that you contribute, I think it's really valuable. Definitely. I, I myself as well, um, recently, um, I've been here just over a year and um, been nominated to go on the top table um, for my hard work. I think this is the first organisation that I've actually worked for that I really do feel that women are like looked at and um, praised for their hard work. It just seems very fair and equal. And I think it's really nice as an organisation to see that. It's actually um, very recently I saw a post on LinkedIn from a woman actually slating organisations for putting posts up for International Women's Day. She felt it's just the show and they aren't actually supporting women, but instead just ticking a box. Um, from your perspective, um, what do you think organisations can do better in terms of equality for women that doesn't just show them ticking a box? So for me, for example, um, Laurie, who I'm working for now, as I said, it's, I've only been here a year and they've already sort of recognised my potential and praised me for the hard work I'm doing, which I think is is really great. It's the first company I've been with that I really feel has done this for me. So it's more than just, you know, ticking a box. I can definitely feel that at this company. Um, Amy, I can see. What about you? What do you feel? I think, well, I don't necessarily agree with that statement that the woman wrote on LinkedIn. Yeah. Um, obviously, it completely depends on the organisation. And I think in a lot of, um, you know, movements or instances, if people don't necessarily know where to start their support, I think even just posting about it and raising awareness is important. You know, it that is them supporting International Women's Day and and recognising that, um, you know, women need to be recognised equally as well. Um, so I think, you know, in some situations it's difficult to know where best to start. But in, in Pelham, I think that I've actually noticed there's a much better appreciation for women that's much more... Um, equal like you said earlier about the sales teams and everything in my previous companies I was the only girl um, in the sales team for about five years um, in recruitment um, so coming into here and seeing all of these women and I saw Nye receive her award in December and stuff as well it was really great to see everyone up there and it, it is a completely um, you know fair playing ground I guess yeah yeah how about you Tash what, what are your thoughts I think pretty much in recruitment, it's if you look back, it's like 50 years ago, it was very much boys club and you wouldn't have had this conversation in recruitment until the last few years where all of a sudden you see top billers being part like part of a business is being women or you having the chance to advocate your opinions. I don't know any other company since I've started recruitment that has always strived to make sure that not only the fact that women's mental health or women's general health are being considered into it but they've also made sure that you have that voice and that you hear me raw kind of element of a business is not something to be afraid of you can have a conversation and it'd be talking about something like maternity or menopause and mm -hmm. it's not being a, a taboo subject yeah it's, it's, it's the first I feel like it's great to be able to talk about those things. It's do you, do you feel like where you are now, you're currently able to have those conversations? Oh, 100%. I know each part of Impelum is different to like the women ratios, but 
obviously me you and holly were all part of lorian it's very open in terms of that not in inclusivity as such but the communication and the conversations you can have you can talk to anyone about anything and you know your voice is being heard it's not a, that that glass ceiling of yeah right you will take that on board and then nothing ever comes of it they want to hear your opinion they want to make sure you know what you are saying is validated and it's going somewhere mm, absolutely and um, Faye how about you what are your thoughts on on the post from the woman yeah I am um, I'm a bit like Amy I disagree because I, I get that there's there's virtue signaling happening you know right it does happen we can't deny that it does um and f- it will be true for certain companies or people that are just doing the sort of you know flying the flag making a post yeah um I don't think it's detrimental per se like like Amy said you know it's still bringing attention to it still raising awareness of this 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 day even if they don't do anything else behind it but I think the point is that what everybody or or particular organizations can do better and just individuals themselves is to create and hold space for women which is seems to very much what what Impelum do a lot of um Mm. you know it's not just about well you know if you want a spot at a table come and fight for it it's like no we're creating space for you at the table um because traditionally there hasn't been so meetings panels discussions awards that have you know historically maybe been quite male dominated mm. creating that space for women to partake creating the equity as opposed to just the equality you know equality saying oh well everyone has an equal chance but making it equitable as well um i think needs to be probably a little bit more um ubiquitous as as we move forward as a society um yeah. That's what I'd, I'd like to see. Maybe not so much in Palin, because I think we do it really well. But I'd like to see other organisations doing a bit more of that. Absolutely. I, and as as you and both Amy have said, I do really feel the I agree with dis, disagreeing with that post personally, because I think it's the first step. Any it could be inspiring other people to think differently as well. You never know who's who's seen your posts on International Women's Day. So yeah, Nye, how about you? Did you have any thoughts? Yeah, so I didn't see the um, the post that you mentioned, but I do understand a general frustration with businesses, I guess, starting from the outside in rather than the inside out when mm. it comes to kind of um, equity in the workplace, whether that's, you know, racial or gender or, you know, any other kind of kind of diversity and equality in the workplace. Mm. I think um, particularly with the work I do around employer brand, a lot of it is thinking about how companies position themselves in the market and how they show the kind of employer they are and demonstrate their culture. And I think, you know, a lot of the research shows that particularly with the younger generations that are coming in, people just have a higher expectation of authenticity from businesses. Mm. And with social media, websites, you know, there's a lot more of what you do that can be made visible. So if people yeah. can see that you post, you know, one LinkedIn post once a, once a year, but all of your leadership and a lot of your business aren't women, you know, there's not that, doesn't appear to be that equity. I think it's natural that you are going to be judged. And I just think businesses have to be mindful. Mm -hmm. I actually think a great way for businesses to celebrate International Women's Day is to do stuff like this, celebrate the women within your business. um, Mm -hmm. And also talk about the initiatives that you've been running. You know, what work have you been doing? How are you supporting the community? Rather than just saying, happy International Women's Day. That's not to say 
that's not good or it's not a start but I can understand that I think that's quite common to feel that kind of frustration about lots of different things. Absolutely that that's a very good point as well actually didn't really think of it from that point of view. Um, leads me on to my next question have any of you ever had any issues that you've had to overcome in your career and maybe you felt you were because you're a woman you've you've you know not been able to proceed Amy met Amy um I definitely have had quite a few actually um I think mainly frustrations and little annoyances rather than prohibiting me from um exceeding but um one thing that used to really wind me up was in um what happened actually when I was an estate agent and also in recruitment um Mm. I in my old company um I used to travel abroad quite a lot to do client meetings Mm. um and I was uh again a senior consultant there um leading the meetings and I sometimes had to take um you know resources or you know new staff along to the meetings to kind of train them and just show them uh the ropes I guess Mm -hmm. and um a lot of the time when I took male um colleagues when I was in the meetings the eye contact from the client or the other person in the meeting who was often a man they would always keep eye contact and direct questions to the um male colleague rather than myself even though I was holding the meetings um I found that when I was an estate agent as well my desk was right at the front of the office by the door um I was the only girl or woman (laughs) in the office um and people would literally walk through the office door and walk around my desk to then speak to one of the male colleagues um instead of myself which I found very frustrating um and the other things are just you know little things that I just think are quite inappropriate um Mm. I often obviously day in day out speaking to Faye how about you have you had any experiences um yeah I mean actually really similar to Amy's one about um uh being in a meeting with male colleagues and Mm. um not in Pelham like I said although most of my career has been here I was an environmental toxicologist in a previous company and Mm had to spend a lot of time on chemical sites, uh, running panels to do like safety reporting and hazard, uh, hazards, hazops, that sort of thing. Um, obviously chemicals factually is, is just a male dominated industry, um, mm-hmm. chemical manufacturing. And it would often be me sat right in, in, on a table with my male colleagues. But when it came to my part of the asking questions around toxicology, environmental risk, I would ask a question and they would direct their answers to men sat next to me. And it happened repeatedly and I had to keep caught and saying, excuse me, I'm asking the questions. Um, but I only was able to do that on probably like, I'd say probably a year after being in that business because the first few times I was 22, 21 years old. I had no idea how to address that behaviour, especially with um, men that were significantly double my age half the time so not only was it a sort of a age confidence thing and may- maybe it was to do with my age as opposed to my gender but regardless that just felt really just diminishing um yeah, yeah. and I wouldn't even say I overcame it I think it was just really difficult to overcome because I had no idea how to address it yeah. I think the age thing goes hand in hand as yeah. well I was gonna bring that up I started my career in recruitment when I was 20 or 21 I think 
um, and I progressed fairly quickly. I, I think I promoted about four times in my first uh, year and a half. Um, so when I was, you know, 21, 22, flying internationally on meetings and then trying to hold them with a 60-year-old man, I yeah. often didn't find as though I got the respect and it was probably definitely a mixture of my age and my gender um, yeah. that worked against me, I guess. Yeah. I definitely think that there's like quite a few intersections that come into play with people being quite dismissive. I think age for women, you know, being a woman, um, working in the marketing team, sometimes you get that from, you know, certain businesses or certain people who just have a different mindset who just think, oh, what's that all about? Or just make a document look sexy and you can be quite dismissive of it. And then also race, I think, sometimes um, comes into play as well. So, yeah, I think it's really important to think about the intersections and how they affect our experiences and the way people treat us yeah absolutely. that's such a good point yeah I just also think though and I, I feel like you girls might agree with this have you realized that some men can get away with speaking in a certain manner towards people's so like at my old company it was a case of a lot of the guys were very much anything would have to do with playing party and having fun and oh, I did this on the weekend but they were never judged on it. But if you talked about, oh, I had a glass of wine on the weekend and I got a bit messy, even if it's like fun, like you were having a bit of you time and relaxing, all of a sudden they're like, oh, no, that's not a really work appropriate conversation. And you can't. Standard. It's double standards. Yeah, you can't mm-hmm. bring your personality because it's a bit too flirty or you can't put effort in and wear makeup because who are you trying to impress? Whereas a guy can come in suited and booted and they just look professional. You, you you don't know that line like it seems like the line in the sand for a man to a woman are very different I think that's such a great point especially like people just commenting on things like you know you've done your hair and then now the entire meeting has to stop so that someone can talk about how your hair looks yes. or yes. oh you put you put a lot of effort in today you look lovely and you're like do I not look lovely every day yeah, I get asked if I'm <laughs> ill quite often if I don't <laughs> yeah, like oh god yeah the like, first oh, time thanks. I stopped wearing makeup it was like you okay yeah, yeah. I, I think we've all had that or you've done my... something different today what's new and you're just there like yeah. I brush my hair yeah, yeah. <laughs> I went just to replace them into the office when I usually dressed more casually because it was a casual office and then got harassed for the entire not here but got harassed for the entire day because I must have had a date or something it was just the most oh, absurd gosh. thing yeah I think for a long time I struggled with imposter syndrome which I think is quite typical when you talk about kind of women in the workplace it always is a subject that comes up but then moving to different companies and having different experiences of the work environment I realized that it was less about me having a syndrome and more just being treated like an imposter you know Mm. just working in a place where they just weren't interested in recognizing your expertise or kind of really engaging with you as a Mm. professional um and people being dismissive and then that kind of causing you to question yourself um and then you go somewhere else and have the opposite experience where they have confidence in you you have confidence in you and yeah imposter syndrome is like a figment of your imagination it's like not something you worry about at all yeah absolutely um okay so just Obviously, the Lorian podcast is called, it's called People Make the Difference. And typically, we ask our guests to tell us about a person that's made a difference in their life. Um, as an International Women's Day special, please, can you tell me about an inspirational woman in your life previously or currently that you strive to be like? For me, 
mine is Rebel Wilson. I know it's a very random one, but I just love who she is. She is what she is. Um, she doesn't change, try to change and conform to um, standards of society. Uh, she made a quote and she just said, I think women out there should just be happy with the way they look. They shouldn't really try to conform to any kind of stereotype, just be happy and hopefully healthy. And I just love that. Like she just is who she is, even in her movies. Like she's, she's not different to who she is in real life. She's what you see is what you get. And I love that about her. How about you guys? Um, Nia, I'll start with you. Who's an inspirational woman for you? Um, I don't I can't think of a famous person. Um, but it doesn't have I... to be famous, anyone. Um, I had a mentor, um, a woman called Audrey Larty, who works at LinkedIn. I don't know if I'm allowed to shout her out, but there you go. Um, <laughs> I, I met her at a LinkedIn event talking about kind of the, the professional motivations of different generations and kind of a multi-generational workforce. And after meeting her, I spoke to her and kind of asked her if she would be interested in mentoring me. And just the fact that she was so open and enthusiastic and willing to do that, barely knowing me <laughs> um, but just kind of interested in I guess supporting other women in the workplace and also you know I've been in recruitment marketing for a long time and she was the first black woman that I'd met that also worked in that field and she's been in it for like over a decade and so experienced and knowledgeable and so I think women like that who are interested in supporting other women sharing their knowledge and just willing to give of themselves is something I really admire and strive to kind of do um, in my professional life as well. That's lovely. Yeah, absolutely. How about you, Faye? Um, oh, this is going to sound so, um, <laughs> so like I'm, I'm sucking up here, but it, genuinely it's my boss um, who I'm sure won't mind being shouted out, but it, it does just seem a little bit um, teacher's petty. But yeah, <laughs> my boss, Alison Jones in, in SRG. Um, like I said, I joined SRG when I was 23 um, and she was just like no one I'd ever met before. She's fiercely independent, working class background, um, just took no, uh, I'm nearly going to swear that, no um, <laughs> prisoners BS from anybody. Um, and she just became a huge role model and still is one because she's still my boss um just in like not only my work style and my learning because I had absolutely no about no idea of how to go about being a recruitment consultant um but also how I carried myself how I presented myself how I didn't need to be ashamed of being feminine to stand up and be heard um mm -hmm. I could be I could be feminine and I could wear heels and I could wear a dress and I could still command the attention of a room mm -hmm. that was that was life-changing um to come from a, a sort of a single mother family where my mum was as much as I adore my mum she's a product of her generation her class her gender at, of that time you know left work at school to sorry left school to go and work at 16 no encouragement to go and pursue a career anywhere and kind of quite financially dependent on my dad and just dependent generally on society to an extent to see like a completely opposite end of the spectrum um made me go right okay so that's not only one option here <laughs> for a woman to be um so yeah I'd say that yeah Alison Jones was just a trigger for me in, in deciding that I could be who I wanted to be or who I should be as opposed yeah. to uh what I think I should be as opposed to what society thought I should be yeah 
I really like that. I, I love that last comment, what you want to be as opposed to what society wants you to be. I just I'm such a believer of just being who you are rather than trying to conform to what society needs you to be. Um, yeah. Amy, how about you? That kind of rolls on perfectly to what I was about to say. Um, I think my personal inspirations obviously will be people. I've got a lot of strong women in my family and friends, but in terms of society, I think it's just so important to have role models, um, you know, that are popular musicians like um, Lizzo, for example. I think she yes. recently won some awards um, and, you know, her speech and all of her songs are just about, you know, positivity, strength. She makes it relatable for um, society and young women um, and she's just such an empowering character and person she doesn't you know fit into society's norms or you know the Victoria's Secret model um mm. kind of um image that gets put out there for all these women um I think it's so important to have people like her that just you know she loves herself for who she is she doesn't really care what other people think of her and she's just so positive and um accepting and um I think they're kind of like the most important role models to have in the general public eye I guess um yeah I think you know her and Beyonce as well um you know people like this are just so important I actually saw on TV the other day a disturbing fact um as well about um only six percent of models or supermodels I think um, only 6% are black women as well um, and it's just that just baffled me to be honest mm. um, to this day so I think you know the fact that Lizzo and Beyonce and, and women like this are so popular and so powerful and so positive and you know loving accepting of always just such a good um, you know image to put out there to everyone. Absolutely 100% agree how about you, Tash? Mine would probably be like someone like Leah um, Williamson, like the England Lioness. Mm -hmm. I just think recently she's the type of person who makes sure that young girls have something to inspire to. Like if you want to stand out, stand out from them gender stereotypical norms, and you want to play football, you can, and it's not going to label you as something else. You're just having a laugh. And no offence, they've been better than the England men by far. And they, they were women who kept on getting told, oh, they won't get far, they won't win the Euros, they won't win this. And now all of a sudden they won the Euros, they won another cup the other day. And they're making sure it's impacting women and the community as a whole in terms of making sure people understand the difference that not just sports, but not just women, the the main stereotypes are doing to young children and making sure that they're advocates for mental health and breast cancer and everyone is aware of these topics that not really get spoken about mm. the women's football and rugby teams in the UK have both been doing amazingly recently exactly like the yeah. women rugby team they get knocked about battered to senses and they just get up and walk it off 
Whereas the yeah. men, they would lay on the floor rolling about, crying for five minutes to get <laughs> to get a free kick and yeah. gets them nowhere. And each and of those because, five minutes, they're getting paid double what the women are getting paid. Exactly. Yeah. And they're Much more than double. That there's <laughs> yeah. that glass ceiling. Like there was talk conversations about how much they get for winning the Euros, and it was about 30k. And then he talked about the men, and they was like, yeah, you can times that by four, and it still probably won't touch a tiny bit of what they get. And it's crazy to think they do the same job. Yeah, it's yeah. madness. Because it's the so. same some workplaces now, isn't it? Still, even with these um, gender reports, um, pay gaps that are coming out, it's still you still find a lot of companies aren't equal with their what they're paying the women compared to their men. Absolutely. Yeah. And also with um, the recession that's happening and everything with the pandemic, I've read a couple of articles that talk about them disproportionately affecting women, like more women being let go. And then obviously with the cost of living and disparity in people's salaries, like the effects that that's going to have on the female workforce are going to mm. be so much more, I guess, tangible and just... Um, then, then we think about, you know, when we think about pay disparity, obviously we think it's unfair, but you're not necessarily thinking about, you know, someone not being able to heat their house or feed their kids and stuff like that. And it's, we're really going to see, I guess, the, how impactful that stuff will be. But it's also, it's also like things like tax. You don't realise there's a gender stereotypes to it like sanitary products there's a tax on it there's like that pink tax where if you buy a razor that is aimed at women you have to pay more than the ones aimed at men what do they do differently nothing what's the point i don't even know that's why i i always buy male uh bath products and exactly personally (laughs) you add you add a bit of pink on the label and all of a sudden they're like we can sell it for two quid more yeah brilliant and in these sort of climax, people don't realise that you, you you get paid less. You've got to pay more on certain things that is essential for basic living. And there's men going about who can buy themselves a pint with the difference in cost and live their dream because they're earning more money than women. Yeah, it's very true. How about you, Holly? Um, I think mine would probably be someone like Karen Brady. Um, so she is obviously number two with Alan Sugar on The Apprentice. Mm-hmm. Um, so I listened to her the other day. She was on Stephen Bartlett's um, podcast, Star of a CEO. Um, and she um, started off as kind of in a newspaper. And now she, she was the MD for Birmingham City Football Club. And then now she's vice chairman for West Ham. Um, So she's taken um, kind of a masculine sport and kind of headed it up. Um, She said that um, one of her first days as the MD for Birmingham City, one of the um, older gentlemen um, said to her when she asked where the boardroom was, um, oh, you don't understand, the wife of the directors go into the ladies' room. Um, He just assumed that she couldn't obviously be the MD of a football club um which is great that that meeting must have carried on well um (laughs) um, could you imagine his face when she walked in imagine just there like oh I dropped myself in it (laughs) (laughs) oh god and then just her kind of efforts for kind of services to women in business so she's won a CBE and also an OBE for that so she's kind of championing women to kind of get into business get into the corporate world 
Um, and one of the quotes that I think I live quite by is, um, I never hear the word no, I hear find another way to achieve it. Mm. So I think she's quite inspirational in that aspect. Yes, sounds strong woman. Yeah, I love Very any strong. woman dominating in a field that's oh, same. traditionally love been it. men. It's, yeah, yeah. It's just like, even if they're they turn out to be a truly awful human I'm like yeah but you did it in a truly in a field of other truly awful humans and you're a woman but you did it better as well which you did it better <laughs> absolutely how dare you do the man's job better than them <laughs> um thank you so much all of you for joining um closing thoughts do you feel we've missed anything speaking on this podcast about International Women's Day at all I think I'll there's probably a good tons. point to make that Spain has just approved um, like menstruation leave for women so people who have like endometriosis and stuff they get paid leave doesn't come out of your holiday pay you don't get sick pay things like that is crazy that it's only just coming about that's amazing because we don't even have that in the UK no they're the first European country that have decided to do it so if you for example have really bad pain cramps you suffer from endometriosis you can't get out of bed you can't focus on work you can get paid to take that time off and it doesn't affect your work life or anything like that that's definitely international women day knowledge I wanted to also give a shout out to all the women in America as well um oh yeah obviously since the abortion rules have changed I think it's completely terrible Mm. um I wish that there was you know something that we could do if there is I'd be happy to hear about it (laughs) but um, I just think that's so backwards you know taking so many steps in the wrong direction it's like some countries are going two steps forward and then there's other countries going 10 steps back I just feels like it's never it's never going to be equal across the world like ev- all the countries moving in the right direction it's such a shame that for such a you know westernized um culture and huge population that have previously you know taken steps in the right direction i i don't see why they're going so far backwards um and i feel very sad for all the women in america that have to put up with it and deal with it Agreed. And it would just be interesting to see how long this lasts before they realise, oh, we made a big mistake. This was the complete wrong idea to go about getting yeah. the point across. And for so many people, it'll be too late then in the, you know, the oh, mental yeah, health aspect too late. of it. Yeah. Um, will have a huge detrimental effect on the women there, I'm sure. So my heart is with them. I think about it often. Absolutely. Um, on that sombre note, I thank Sorry. you all for being. <laughs> no, it's good to make these these points aware. I think as well. Um, so thank you all for being part of this um podcast panel. People make the difference for this International Women's Day special. Hopefully, this podcast will help others to trigger the right conversations and move forward. Um, but yeah, thank you all for joining. Thank you very much. Thank you, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you to Thanks Holly, Tash, me. Amy and Nye as well. It's been fab having a, a bit of a forum to to talk about this with. Have absolutely. a bit of a rant and a rave, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Let's do it with wine next it's time. needed. Oh, yes, with bubbles. Do a spin-off session. <laughs> Thanks all. Thanks. Thanks. Bye. Bye.
Bye. Bye.